G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I looked towards my right and I saw a group of men running to the direction of the screen. So I'm running after them. And I got down the lane and then I saw a woman who was on the ground laying flat, being punched by a man who appeared to be her partner. And I prayed. I said, Lord, we've got to do something. What do I do? And he said, speak up. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part two of our conversation with human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma, who has been used by God to help numerous survivors of domestic violence. Last time, Sabrina shared about growing up in Fiji and Australia in an Islamic family. She also told us of her growing interest in Christianity. But that was when she was caught reading her Bible. She was beaten by the person she was in a relationship with. Today, we'll hear more of her story and how her faith begins to grow despite the opposition she faced. And parents, we just want to remind you that because of the adult themes that are being discussed, today's program is not recommended for young children. Once again, Sabrina is chatting with Eric Scadabo. So how did you eventually become a Christian? So after that incident took place where Mm -hmm. my Bible was burnt and Mm -hmm. I decided to stand up and that's when I when I decided to just pursue my faith in Christ. And um, it wasn't long after I'd also met uh, a lady called Tracy Bell Hanselin. She and I worked together with a uh, an organization called Destiny Rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a Christian organization mm-hmm. founded by Tony Kerwin. Yep, um, yep. And they rescue children from sexual exploitation in countries and, um, and then continued with their rehabilitation and things like that. So her and I had had a meeting and she was speaking to me about knowing God and who Jesus is and things like that. So I was getting closer and closer. And then when it came to the Bible burning incident, that's when I actually stood up and said, no, I'm going to go ahead with this. And I've just seen too much evidence here Mm -hmm. for Christ. It was certainly a case for Christ. And um, from that day, my, my life changed. Wow. So, yes, absolutely. My, I've never looked back. Uh, I'm not saying that life was easy. Mm-hmm. There have been challenges, but with God, walking with Jesus, your challenges aren't yours anymore. Mm-hmm. They're his to carry, and he's continuously just holding my hand down this path. Well, um, well, I'm I'm concerned about your physical safety after that. You were threatened that if you had the Bible, you would be, what, did he say burned? Yes, I'd be what happened? Well, um, as as I mentioned, I had enlisted the help of federal authorities who were able to take me away from that situation. Okay, so you were completely out of that situation then? Yes, yes. And And safe? Yes. yes. Oh, very good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But now you're a baby Christian. Yes, yes. 
Um, th- so fast forwarding a few years after that, I was just carrying on life mm-hmm. and um, working and, and practicing in law. So I worked in, in prisons uh, across Brisbane and uh, it just so happened one day uh, w- while I was still in Brisbane, I came across Hannah's Prayer, um, which is in the book of um, Samuel. And mm-hmm. as I was reading her prayer, I um, I was in a, a Bible study group and I had tears falling down my face. And I thought, why am I responding this way to Hannah's Prayer? Mm-hmm. God might be trying to say something to me. So my friend, uh, who Kathy Masengi, who's now in the US, she she said, Sabrina, I, I think you should just go and lay down, pray and lay down. Maybe the Holy Spirit's just trying to communicate something to you. Um, and we said, all right, no no worries. We all parted. I went and had an afternoon nap. And that's when I saw this amazing, amazing vision. I saw God speaking to me and telling me to go to Fiji. Mm. Now, <laughs> I, I woke up saying, hang on. God, you need to send me an email here with full particulars. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what's going now, on. <laughs> now, why why were you hesitant to go to Fiji? I mean, that's where your parents are. That's right. Uh, that's where my father is. What, what, thought, what about your mother? My mother's still in Brisbane. Okay. Yes. And I thought, you know, Fiji is beautiful, but what am I supposed to do there? Like, why, why are you expecting me to go to Fiji? Can you just give me the full particulars? <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to know when I'm supposed to be going, what I'm going to be doing, when I can come back. And, you know, like God did to to Moses, he didn't show him the full picture. He -hmm. just said, you need to go. And obviously it was a time that I had to really trust him. So I I picked up the phone to my father and I said, and look, by this time, dad knew that I had come to Christ and and all of that. And um, he was very defensive, very guarded. Now we should say that your father is a prominent Muslim lawyer in Fiji. So he has a reputation, and probably he wasn't too crazy about having a a Christian young daughter coming on the scene? (laughs) Absolutely not. He's a prominent lawyer there. I think he's now in his 44th year of legal practice. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a a very good lawyer. He's done very well for himself, and he's, Mm -hmm. he's appreciated by... A number of people out there. If you're any sort of strife, um, he's the person to call. Yeah, I was reading some uh, articles in the Fiji Times, and he's kind of like a legend out there. <laughs> well, he'd love to hear you say. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the way they were talking about him in the newspaper yes. there. Yes, he is um, because he he's very good with the the legal knowledge that he's mm-hmm. he, you know spends a lot of time studying and amongst the Muslim community, he is very highly respected mm-hmm. and. You know, as much as Muslims will probably be, um, most of them are quite civil and uh, friendly towards Christians. Um, there are, uh, th- there's no turning back on what Sharia says, what Islamic law says, that if someone abandons the Islamic faith and goes to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, then that person, the punishable offense is death. And it's oh, wow. blasphemy, and it's a traitor to Islam. You're known as a, a kufar. Oh, okay. So it's not like, oh, okay, you've decided to, to take a different path. That's fine. I mean, no, there are serious not. consequences here. There are serious consequences. It's it's a real sense of disbelief. 
like mm. how could you do that you know it's it's a slap on every muslim's face mm. that it's a betrayal it sounds like it, it's a betrayal it's, it's a betrayal yeah, it, that's how it's you know, viewed it's, it's it's disloyalty mm. so he wasn't too thrilled when i said hey dad i'm i'm coming to fiji and the first thing he said to me was what for and i said um i just need to 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 come over and he said well who asked you to come over and i said god and he said oh you're crazy you're crazy and i said well that's what it's going to sound like to worldly ears but mm. the fact of the matter is the truth of the matter is god has asked me to to come over to fiji and i have i'm going to be coming over and he hung up on me oh wow yes so i hopped into the flight <laughs> i arrived in fiji and i had sent him my itinerary ahead of time and i took over whatever savings i had trusting in the lord and so i um dad picked me up from the airport because given his his prominence and that this great reputation that he has imagine you know what the media would do that have a field day knowing oh gosh his daughter's arrived into the country and she's stranded in nandi airport huh. so so he was there to pick me up and you know quickly scurry me away into the car and then we drove to his place where i stayed now i kept praying to god and i said all right god i've rocked up here what now because dad's not speaking to me i feel uh, very yeah. unwanted i don't know where to go i don't know what to do i've got limited savings and god was silent for a while now i quickly learned that just because he's silent doesn't mean he his plans for us is not continuing mm-hmm. when he's silent the work is continuing in fact he was teaching me patience he was molding me into what and where i'd need to be for him to hand me the ministry the powerful ministry that he ended up handing me so this is what happened i stuck by dad and he would come home from work and i'd just be at home sometimes i'd sort of head out into Latoka town and look at the shops but nothing to do I'd go to church on Sundays he wasn't happy with that he'd barely look at me I'd want to talk to him but I couldn't at home because he'd come home and just look the other way mm. and so I'd go into his office and I'd need to make an appointment so I could talk to my own father and so I'd walk in but he just wouldn't look at me and he just you could see this distaste this this dislike and I thought wow you know I'm your your flesh and blood but because of my faith choices you're you're almost ready to disown me how mm-hmm. you know it was it was it was it really hurt me mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. he's he's all I had there in the flesh mm-hmm. yeah. and the number of times I'd cry on my pillow at night and God would comfort me and so the next time I prayed God said to me that you're going to be working with him as a lawyer in the law firm and I thought oh gosh you've got to be kidding me are you oh, wow. kidding me and I said this to God I said are you kidding me you know I said you cannot be serious yeah he went like that it sounds like <laughs> I said I'll go somewhere else <laughs> anyway yeah. and um just kept praying and praying and um God was firm no that's where you're going to go hmm. so I thought you know what um he's he's right he's right when he says that our battles are not against flesh and blood it's against the principalities of darkness and i thought 
okay, armor of got it, girlfriend. I've got to really go now. I've got to really <laughs> pray and fight this with, you know, with, with God's help. So I, um, after going to church um, on Sundays, I joined up in all the women's ministry groups, in mm-hmm. the Bible study groups, in the prayer groups. And there was this group of um, prayer warriors who were very elderly women. Mm-hmm. in Lotoka and they used to meet at this woman's house um in Lotoka I still remember the name of the road it was uh VM Pile Road and it was right beside a Hindu temple mm-hmm. and this woman used to have all these prayer meetings and bible study classes and things at this little house of hers now her home was just it just consisted of a tin roof mm-hmm. and tin walls and we'd all be crammed in there just praying and Mm. so one day i I rocked up there and i was just really distressed and i said to these women i said to them in hindi i said i'm just almost giving up i said it's been seven months now how much longer like how much longer do i do this for um god's telling me i'm going to be working at dad's office but Dad's not budging. He doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't want to look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm giving up. I can't do this anymore. The, the pain and the hurt's too much. And these women, these frail old women, they lifted me off the chair and stood me in the middle of their prayer circle. And they laid their hands on me. And boy, did they pray. Mm-hmm. They were praying in Hindi, in English, in Urdu, in Fijian. Oh, huh. they were praying they were praying and praying and then one of the one of the ladies she's the elderly lady who owns the the tin house mm-hmm. she turned to me and she said god has spoken and this is what he said within 3 days that's it she said within 3 days he was resurrected and so within 3 days your father will turn around and process your papers for admission to the high court of fiji she said this to me. Oh, wow. My jaw dropped. Yeah. And I said to her, well, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know? And I went home that night. I couldn't sleep. I was just excited and buzzing and happy and damn. My soul was on fire. My soul was dancing. And here's the thing, brother. Within three days, my father called me into his office. He shut that door. And he said, can you read these papers? And I thought, oh, my goodness, what's he, what's he giving me now? <laughs> like, is he sending me back somewhere? What's he doing? Yeah. He said, these are the papers for admission to the High Court of Fiji. Oh, wow. I could not believe. I just stared at him stunned. And I, I started saying it out really loud in his office. I said, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he just smiled at me. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma. Sabrina is the author of the book Jesus in Syria Lane, which tells how she helped save the life of a young lady in Fiji in an extremely abusive situation. We'll hear how that comes about and more of Sabrina's story when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Eric Scadabo chatting with human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma, who at this point in her story has moved to Fiji, where her domineering Muslim father lives. We heard before the break how he eventually relented and allowed Sabrina to work in his well-respected law firm. This despite the fact that he was not happy that she'd become a Christian. Well, what happened? What, what was... Uh, I don't know. What? Well, God happened. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so you think God softened his heart? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he says that in scripture too. I can't remember the name of the verse, but it's where he says, you know, our hearts can be as hard as iron sometimes, mm-hmm. but God is the only one who, who softens that so that we can understand what's going on out there. We can relate to people. And that's what my father did. So... Mm-hmm. A few months after that, um, the process started for the admission to the High Court of Fiji. Mm. I was then admitted to the High Court. And immediately after that, it was only two months of working in his firm Mm -hmm. that the incident happened, which birthed an entire ministry in my life in Fiji. Oh, what happened? Well, here's what happened. So Mm -hmm. I was working in my father's law firm Mm -hmm. and... I'd come back to the office from court one day, locked up the office, and I was just sitting in the lobby with one of the other ladies there, Mere, and I heard a loud, piercing, shrill scream. Like, it was it was horrible. I, mm. I've never forgotten that scream. It was mm. just so shrill and mm. in so much pain, and I opened up the, the door to, to my father's firm, ran down the stairs towards the screen because it sounded like someone was in distress Mm -hmm. and as i ran down towards the back gate i asked the gatekeeper to open up and look (laughs) that part of the lane Mm -hmm. is highly avoided by a lot of people and there's a reason for it because once you open that gate and you set foot in that lane it's horrible that lane is known for drug dealers Mm. for women who sell their bodies um there's Mm. a lot of sexual exploitation happening there um, yeah, so, so not the best part of town, you're saying. Not the best part of town. Yeah. You don't want to be there. Right, right. Especially not a lady by herself. <laughs> no. So I found myself in the middle of Syria Lane very late of an afternoon on a weekday. Oh, Syria and Lane, that's the name of your book. Now it's all coming together for me. That's the name. That's the name of the lane. It's called Syria Lane. You know, just just imagine a movie that's that's vile, that's putrid, scenes of sin, and, and scenes of drugs and, and children. Oh, and dangerous. High and drugs and dangerous. Yeah. Alcohol abuse and and it's just filthy. It's That's Syria Lane. Okay. So you're taking your life in your own hands going into this lane to this, toward this scream. Scream. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So I looked towards my right and I saw a group of men running towards my left and they're running into the direction of the scream. So I'm running after them. Mm-hmm. And I got down the lane and then I saw this, the, these men, there were about 25 to 30 men who had surrounded a woman who was on the ground laying flat, being kicked, being tortured, being punched by a man who appeared to be her partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 
it seemed to me that she'd sort of been punched and hurt before that because her lips were swollen, um, parts of her face were, were were scratched, and her arms were scratched. Her eyes, her eye, one of her eyes were was um, bruised as well and sort of really mm-hmm. puffed up. Mm-hmm. And she's screaming for him to stop, and he's kicking her. And I thought, oh my goodness, like she's gonna die. Mm, she's gonna yeah. die if he if, if he's not stopped. And the crowd so around not- is just watching this. Well, not only are they watching, one man was actually filming oh. on his phone. And so oh, I asked the, the chap beside me, I said, brother, brother, I said, please, you help, eh? you, you help lady, you help, and, and we take her to safety. And he, he looked at me and he just shook his head. Everybody looked scared. And I'm asking men around me, please, brother, you help, you help. They would not help because culturally, some 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 of the beliefs around um, the cultures in, in Fiji is that you don't intervene in someone's domestic situation. Mm. Um, at the same time, they seem to be looking at it as, mm. as if it were entertainment. Mm. Um, so I, although I appreciate the culture, um, cultural constraints, there are times when, you know, in my opinion, with all due respect to the cultures out there, we do need to heed a call to, to help someone. Oh, yeah, especially safe. in a situation like this. Yes, you know, if it's safe to do so, um, if if you're in a position to help, then absolutely. So nobody would help. And I prayed. I said, Lord, we've got to do something. What do I do? Please, mm-hmm. please help me. Tell me what you need me to do. And he said, oh, gosh, he said it loud and clear. He said, speak up. And then I said it to him again. I said, are you kidding me? This man is going to kill me. This is this is Goliath here. Mm. And and this is Sabrina yeah. standing here in heels and yeah. my, my you know, three-quarter length dress from the Tapu's department store. <laughs> I'm in no position to fight this man. I would do anything. I said, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to send someone. Mm. And he was firm again and, and clear. And he said, no, speak up. He mm. said, speak up. Mm-hmm. So I thought, great, here goes. He's saying it and I've got to obey God. Mm-hmm. So I spoke up and I said to the man, I said, stop. Now, he looked at me, but he ignored me. He kept beating her up. Mm. So I raised my voice again and I said, stop. Then he looked up at me and he said some obscenities in his in his language. Mm-hmm. I then raised my voice a third time, almost shouting at him to stop. By that time, I got his attention. He looked at me. His eyes were red like he was so angry eric he Mm. was very very angry oh wow he looked at me and he said under whose authority are you here to tell me what to do now that was the wrong question (laughs) 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 because i answered it and i said to him i come under the authority of my lord and savior jesus christ and in his name i command that you stop hurting this woman Mm. now as I said that, he looked straight at me. We were in eye contact. I did not move my eyes away from his. But he looked up above my head and then his head kept looking upwards and going up and up and up and up. I don't know what he saw. I don't know what mm. he was seeing. I just kept my eyes on him and his head just kept going up. And then, Eric, he started to scream. Really? Like he sounded like a little toddler. The way he was screaming, he screamed, mm. he turned around, 
and he ran. Really? What, what do you yes. think he saw? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, when I share this testimony um, in churches, when they invite me to to share amongst their, their fellowships, hmm. there are people who say, oh, you know, I believe he saw an angel hmm. or I believe he saw he saw God or who hmm. knows, but it was powerful enough to scare the living daylights out of him. Yeah. He was frightened to the point where he turned and ran. Wow. And in that, I, t- I took advantage of that moment. I moved forward. I picked that that lady up. I helped her, took her back to to dad's firm. Mm-hmm. And then we called Latoka Police Station. They sort of had a misunderstanding. They thought I'd been hurt. So <laughs> they came running thinking, you know, uh, Iqbal Khan's daughter's been hurt. We need to go and attend to her straight away. Mm. Um, they came running to the firm and then they found out it wasn't me. Um, they helped her. They took her medicals. They took a mm-hmm. statement. They were mm-hmm. able to help her through things. Um now, I don't know who it was, but somebody there, one of the witnesses present there, rang or wrote or spoke to someone in the media because a few days later, the um, the Fiji's son mm-hmm. contacted me and said, we've heard about this incident. A couple of people have contacted us. We need to speak with you. Yeah, I'd imagine that story would start going around about the the lady in high heels stopping somebody who's beating on their partner. Yes, it it did because once once it was published in the paper, it wasn't published just once. It was published twice due to public demand of getting to know more about the story and what Jesus had done in that situation, what God mm-hmm. had done to intervene. Mm-hmm. And then the fact was my father had asked me always to keep my, my faith profile very low. Oh, well, you, you weren't succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about it. That's the thing about being a Christian, where we're called to be bold in our, mm. in our faith, and we're, and we're called to speak up about Christ. And uh, so, yes, <laughs> God's plans to keep a low profile, no, that didn't align with my dad's plans. Well, that was part two of Eric Scatterbo's conversation with human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma. Sabrina is the author of the book Jesus in Syria Lane, which features the story that we just heard of how she helped save the life of a young lady in Fiji in an extremely abusive situation. Now, this was exactly the opposite of what Sabrina's Muslim father was hoping for when he allowed her to come to work at his law firm. He would have preferred that she had kept a low profile and was not outspoken about her faith in Jesus. But, as we heard, events transpired that brought much attention to her faith and suddenly newspapers throughout Fiji and other parts of the world were calling and wanting her to share about the miraculous way God used her to rescue the lady who was being beaten. Sabrina's bold act of faith reminds me of the Bible verse in Joshua that says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Well, we invite you to join us again next time as we hear how the Lord is with Sabrina and she tells more of her story and how she goes on to help more women. It's all coming up next time. Until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Then came the time when uh, Jonathan was very interested to marry me and and, uh, the Lord showed us that we were going to get married, but the hurdle was my father because as much as he's a prominent lawyer he did not like (laughs) 
any male around his daughter. Human rights lawyer Sabrina Sharma joins us once again to share more of her story and about some of the challenges she faced as a Christian in her relationship with her Muslim father in Fiji. Also, we'll hear her father's surprising reaction when he finds out his daughter is engaged to a pastor. All that and more is coming up next time. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.